the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Big event coming up tomorrow night in Palo Alto at the Elks Lodge. You can sign up for it at robblackshow.com. Rob Black Show. Use code radio25 to get in. It's income in retirement. Bitcoin. Warren Buffett said if he could short it, he would. And they didn't say if he could short it. He said if I could short it, I wouldn't because it's too crazy. But he thinks it'll be much lower in five years. I kind of agree. But does that make me look like a jack monkey at this point in time? Uh, as Bitcoin goes higher and lower and higher and lower. Yes. Movie Pass is out there. Nine ninety five. All you can eat buffet of movies per month. Theaters hate it, but they love it because it gets more people into their services. Trying to disrupt the theater going model. What Uber did to cabs. What Netflix did to television, viewing, consumption. MoviePass wants to get that price cut alluring. $9.95 a month for unlimited movies. The thought is, you'll probably, they'll get in on the action. They can market movies like I, Tanya. They'll make some money there. Maybe they'll get a cut of the concessions. Maybe they'll get a cut of the ticket price. Maybe we'll find out. But they added 500,000 subscribers over Christmas. So they're now at 1.5 million paid subscribers. And it's saving you do-re-mi, which I'm all about. Deadly flooding on Santa Barbara coast as fire turns to mud. Do you notice it rained a lot in San Francisco, the Bay Area, in the last 48 hours? It actually rained all across the state of California. And this is a big state. So at least 13 people have been injured or killed. Um, it's muddy. It's grotesque out there. Santa, Santa Barbara, Southern California was drenched. Um, and it did a lot of pain in Montecito, which is like the song Despocito. I go Montecito. Uh, they're using rescue dogs to find survivors. That's pretty crazy. Um, considering it's like where Oprah Winfrey lives. In nearby Carpinteria, construction workers spent the day trying to clear the road of downed trees, boulders, and thick mud using tractors. Uh, yeah. Yeah. This can happen in your neighborhood. Because if it can happen in Montecito, it can happen anywhere, in my opinion. The magnitude 7.6 quake hits the Caribbean Sea. And that makes me think of Billy Ocean and Caribbean Queen. Now you're living the same dream and our hearts just beat as one. Where did it hit? Somewhere between Jamaica, Guatemala, and Cuba. Um, So if they can get hit with an earthquake, I certainly feel that I can get hit with an earthquake. 
So are you prepared? It's a big question. Are you prepared? That's a big, 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 big question. And I don't have an answer to it, to be quite honest with you. I wish I did. But you should look at your insurance documents on occasion. You should up the insurance that you have every five or so years. If your house goes up in value, up your insurance to make sure that it covers that. Because when you first bought it, you probably called an 800 number, 800 insurance company, and it went something like this. Yeah, I just bought a house. Oh, that's nice. Congratulations. How much did you pay for it? Um, 800000 Okay, so I see that the structure's worth 300000 and the property's worth 500000 Do you want coverage on 800000 No, I only need coverage on the house. In case it gets knocked down, I want to rebuild it. So 300000 would be lovely. Thank you. Uh, let's talk about how much valuables are in your home. Five years later, that same question is going to be more expensive. You're going to have to pay a little bit more for the proper insurance, but you should because... At some point in time, your house will burn down. At some point in time, your house will get knocked down. At some point in time, the big bad wolf will come. And your mom and dad will be gone. So they've moved away. They've packed everything up. They've left you. It's up to you to handle the big bad wolf at this point in time. Hmm. Lots going on. Lots going on. Um, Tesla. I hate to sound dramatic. But in this, in the in the vein of sounding dramatic, now's the time to own Tesla. If you ever want to own Tesla, because next year Tesla's gonna have a different story to be told. This year is will they be able to deliver on the Model Three? Next year is what's next? So Tesla is not a stock that I own. Do I wish I owned it? At times, yes. Um, are they competing with the automobile industry, which sometimes is a race to zero? Yes. But the spin that Tesla has is this year. Next year, they'll have a lot less to be able to spend. They'll have to deliver on their numbers throughout this year. But next year, it'll be more about the numbers. So if you want to own Tesla, now is the time. And that was my most dramatic voice that I could use, for the record. And it wasn't that dramatic. No, was it? Thank you. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. I want to accept this Academy Award on behalf of women on behalf of men and on behalf of dogs. Thank you. Um, me and Cujo grew up together, and Cujo always told me that I was going to be an amazing, amazing speaker. Thank you, Cujo. Thanks, Cujo. Love you, too. What? Timmy fell down a well? We gotta go save Timmy? Oh, you're just hungry. Timmy didn't fall down a well. Gotcha. Gotcha. You want some of your canned dog food that's wet versus dry. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we could talk about. Um, I've hit Buffett on cryptocurrencies. China is reportedly thinking of halting U.S. Treasury purchases. And they've kind of been buying our debt for years and years and years. And then we bought our own debt. And, you know, will gold increase? Will it fall? What will happen with cryptocurrencies? Uh, China's the biggest buyer of U.S. sovereign debt out there. Um, and if they slow down their purchases, what does that mean? It means we won't have someone financing our growth. Uh, if China stops buying treasuries, the market could suffer. So treasury financing needs are going to rise significantly in 2018 and beyond. So treasury department is going to be looking for as many sources of demand as they can find. The news is worrisome. The 10-year treasury yield, uh, the 10-year note, is now at 2.58%. 
Um, so why would you buy a bond when you can own a U.S. Treasury? In theory, that's the idea at this point in time. And why would you buy at 2.3% when you could buy at 2.58%? So Sears warns it will consider all options as it's struggling to refinance a billion dollars in debt. Sears same-store sales fell 16 to 17%. I can't even believe in this day and age we're talking about Sears. I can't believe it. In the day of Amazon and Target and Walmart, I can't believe Sears is still relevant on any way to explore anything other than going bankrupt. Parent company of Sears and Kmart said it's in talks with lenders about transactions that would strengthen its balance sheet, but it's got a billion dollars of debt. Would, if I were high as a kite, if you give me like painkillers and I'm out of my mind high, would I lend money to Sears? No, because I'd like, duh, there's Amazon out there. And that bothers me enormously. Hey, big event coming up tomorrow night. Income and Retirement Seminar. You can sign up at Rob Black's show. Use the code RADIO25. It's your last chance. Use the code RADIO25 Seminar. Rob Black Show. Rob Black Show. Sign up using code RADIO25 tomorrow night. Palo Alto Elks Lodge. Income and Retirement. See you there. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. It's now time for a check-in with our partners at Santa Clara Basketball for this week's chat with Coach Sindek. Here's the voice of the Broncos, Anthony Passarelli with Coach. Welcome to this week's chat with Coach Sindek segment brought to you by Heffernan Insurance Brokers. Heffernan, a proud partner of Santa Clara Athletics. Well, Coach Broncos coming off back-to-back wins at LMU and home to Portland on Saturday. 3-1 and one in conference play and uh, a couple of victories after a tough loss on the road at Gonzaga. Uh, what does it say about this team to take a loss like that and then to come back with a, a road victory at LMU and then uh, uh, got out a, a close home victory against Portland. Well, it was a great bounce back for us and a really good week. I think our team continues to get better and quite frankly, we have a lot of room to continue to improve. Then I want to ask you about that Portland game, which was a two-point victory for the Broncos. Earlier in the season, the Broncos weren't winning those close games. Um, is there something to teams needing to learn how to win those close games? Well, it's it's a combination of um, perhaps psychologically being in the best place possible to win those kind of games, and I think that's what you're referring to. Mm-hmm. And that allows you to, you know, make the plays you need. And then and then sometimes, you know, um, you know, there's some fortune that plays into those close games, you know, and and, and things happen, you know, um, and, and early in the season. Uh, we did. We we lost a couple close games, and some things um, went against us, like bank shots from the corner, and then we didn't make some plays. So it was a combination of those kind of things. And then at the end of that Portland game, Portland with a, the ball and a chance to get the victory, um, and then Henry Caruso, your probably most senior player in terms of experience, having played a full four years at Princeton, or almost a full four years at Princeton, and then a graduate transfer here at Santa Clara. Uh, sometimes it takes a veteran to uh, step in and, and make the play that can turn the tide. Absolutely, and Henry's a smart player, as we've always, as we always talk about, an incredibly tough competitor, and he made a fantastic game-saving play for us. So what we're looking ahead now, what would you like to see continue from those two victories against a couple of tough teams coming in, starting with St. Mary's uh, tomorrow and then, uh, and then BYU over the weekend? 
Well, nothing really changes for us. I mean, we're always focused on the next day of, of practice and preparation and our next game, and we want to improve on a broad-based front. We want to keep advancing in all aspects of the game, and you know, we're focused on learning and improving every step of the way, whether we're coming off a win, a loss, a winning streak, a losing streak. You know, we're pretty, um, pretty steady when it comes to our approach. St. Mary's and uh, Randy Bennett returning all five starters uh, from a team a year ago that had a lot of success. And this is a team that has been able to sustain that success, probably a place that Santa Clara would like to be in a couple years. As you look at a team like that, what are a couple of components that you really like about that program? Well, they have one of the best centers in all of college basketball in Jock Lawndale. And they also have great experience. You know, their guys are older. They've done a terrific job of redshirting guys along the way. And uh, they really play well together. Broncos will have St. Mary's uh, tomorrow and then BYU on Saturday here at the Levy Center in Santa Clara. And then last week we talked a little bit about the freshman class. Uh, one of those players, Josip Vrankic, uh, had stepped into the starting lineup uh, in the non-conference schedule. And then he ha- has played pretty well. Um, you know, any ups and downs as a true freshman would have going from high school to Division One level. Josip had a career-high 19 against Portland uh, and battling back from uh, having chipped a tooth against LMU. What does it say about the character of this so Western Toronto young man. Well, he continues to get better and better for us and had an outstanding game against Portland um, and unfortunately got hit in the mouth in the exact same spot that he did at LMU where he lost half a tooth. (laughs) Well, the Broncos take on the St. Mary's Gales on Thursday, tomorrow at the Levy Center, and then also Saturday against BYU. As always, Coach, uh, I appreciate your time. Good to be with you, Ann. Thanks. Be sure and catch the Broncos and West Coast Conference play the rest of the way right here on AM 1220 KDOW, the home of Santa Clara Broncos basketball. when the economy was weak, the ratio of credit card debt to U.S. GDP was about 6.5%, showing you much more instability. Credit card delinquencies have increased about 7.5% from 7% a year ago. A 15% delinquency rate reached during the financial crisis um, was pretty horrific. The historical norm is about 9%. So we're still under that telling you that the banks are still healthy, but it's increasing. Pay down your credit card debt, ladies and gentlemen. Um, it's horrific to think that you're paying you know, 10%, 20% interest rates. Um, 2018 should be the year that you pay down some debt. Now, I want to move into one more thing that I'm a little worried about, because overall, I'm still 100% invested. And I have to explain that to you. I'm also worried. Stock markets around the world have welcomed the surprise election of populist Donald Trump. 2016... Um, in 2017, 2017 turned out to be pretty star- strong, one of the strongest years in memory. But the world economy is doing well. So part of it is, you know, we, we focus on North Korea a little bit right now. Um, lack of interest in global leadership in North Korea and the Middle East. The world economy is doing well, so that kind of bails Trump and the economy out in the United States. China's fairly stable. Europe is growing. And most of the emerging markets are doing okay. So it's not that dangerous of a geopolitical environment at this point in time. Now, North Korea and South Korea said, let's get together and talk. And maybe we can find some common bonds in the Olympics that are coming up in February. I've got no interest in Winter Olympics. 
Will I fall into a love with it when the, the ladies come out and skate? No. Will I fall in love when the men come out and skate? No. Will the ice dancing get me? No. Will the shuffleboard get me? Or the curling? No. Will the Olympic hockey get me? I'll watch it. One of my greatest memories is watching the 1980s Olympic team with my brother David. Uh, just good family bonding there that I've never forgotten. So the Olympics are around the corner. Mexico is holding an important election this year. Um, so the Olympics could help North Korea and South Korea get together and kind of like tone down. I've got a big bomb. I've got a bigger nuclear bomb. So Mexico is holding an important election this year. That's pretty important because Mexico has kind of turned into this just mess of a country with violence. Um, it's starting to hit some resort areas, and that scares me because, like, it's not hitting American citizens, but it's hitting American citizens are driving by crime scenes now. And, you know, Trump and Mexico have been pretty contentious already with multilateral trade agreements, which this is probably going to be the year where we see Trump, you know, go after China and their trade deals and Trump go after Mexico and their trade deals. Um, in the past, we lost a lot of jobs in the 1980s and 1990s to Mexico and to Asia, China, Taiwan, Japan, South Korea. We did. We did. You saw your toys were made in Indonesia. You saw your toys were made in Thailand. You saw your toys in China. So we're going to see trade deals like become very, very interesting in 2018. Um, but in the 80s and 90s, we lost jobs due to manufacturing jobs moving overseas. Now we're losing jobs due to technology improvements and robotics, not necessarily foreign markets taking our jobs. Um, it's a little bit different. Russia's always going to be in the news, worthy of note. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Big event coming up January 11, 630 to 830, Palo Alto Elks Lodge. It is an income strategy and estate planning seminar, CFP, Chad Burton, myself, Michelle Lerman, whenever you talk about IRAs and Social Security and passive and active management and investments. Uh, we won't be talking in the Olympics, but you can sign up for the event at going to newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com and use the code radio 25. It's this week. You sign up today. It's filling up quickly. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and your money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Reefing.com has been a trusted relationship of mine for 20 years now. Joining me to talk about the new year and the outlook for the economy and the stock market, Patrick O'Hare. How are you, Mr. O'Hare? Hey, Rob. I'm doing well. It's nice to be back with you. <clears throat> Happy New Year, so to speak. Yeah, likewise. With that being said, uh, it's going to be a happy new year on Wall Street. We we got that triumphant. We got the um, Santa Claus rally happened the five to seven days after Christmas. Everything went up. Then we got the first five days of the stock market in January going up. And then if we close out January, it's it's proven fact that 93% of the time the market goes up for the year. Uh, are we going to get there, do you think? What's your thoughts? Well, that's right. It tends to be a, a pretty encouraging indicator when uh, not only the first week of January goes well, but when the month of January goes well. And I think really the answer to uh, 2018 is, is going to rest in what goes on with, with interest rates. And uh, okay. you know, if interest rates remain relatively low, uh, then the stock market has a reasonable chance to have another up year. <laughs> 
And is that what we're expecting at this point in time? And if we're expecting it, isn't that a bad thing? Because you always should be looking out for what doesn't happen. Like, we've never predicted a bad year, but high oil or terrorism or um, Russia invading a country, something will happen to mess up a predicted well year. Is that not true? Well, you would you would think, but of course, as we saw, you know, consistently throughout 2017, anything that was you know bad from a news standpoint certainly did not disrupt the equity market. Whether we were talking about you know North Korea uh, uh, bolstering its nuclear arsenal or some of the you know heightened political uncertainty surrounding tax reform and the repeal of Affordable Care and you know, the investigation into Russia's meddling in the election, uh, you know, the markets continue to, to fight on, if you will, and, and uh, didn't suffer any meaningful pullback of any kind throughout 2017. And that was largely the case because it had some really strong uh, underlying fundamental support in the fact that interest rates were low, inflation was low, and earnings growth was strong. You know, and of course, you've layered on top of that the uh, the optimism over potential tax reform and what it could do to help lift earnings in 2018. Uh, those were sustaining factors. So, so we know, I think, looking at 2018, you know, what the um, uh, what the support structure could be or needs to be to keep things on the up and up. And so if you can continue strong earnings growth, uh, continue low inflation, and continued low interest rates, uh, you know, those are important fundamental support structures for the equity market. And, and at the least, it should, you know, prevent a, uh, you know, a major sell-off in the equity market. It doesn't mean you have to go, you know, sky high necessarily, but, uh, but it's the type of uh, fundamental foundation that should keep things, uh, you know, relatively stable here for investors. So that's why everyone seems to be keeping a close eye on, on interest rate developments right now and those forces that are going to ultimately drive interest rates like inflation trends, uh, what's going on with, uh, you know, the Bank of Japan and the ECB and what uh, their monetary policy moves might be. Um, so, so, you know, clearly it's, it's a major focal point here as uh, 2018 unfolds. Mm-hmm. Now, 2017 was another great year for Facebook, for Amazon, for Netflix, for Google Alphabet, for Apple. It seems like we're writing, we're surfing on that. It seems like, I mean, I own a lot of Apple, and I'm stinking wealthy because of it. Um, should I sell? Do, do we continue to ride the big boys, so to speak? Um, are you worried that... That has become a story. Own Facebook, get wealthy. Own Amazon, get wealthy. Own Netflix, get wealthy. Uh, do you see where I'm trying to go with this question? Yeah, you know, and, and I think, Rob, you know, obviously the answer always boils down to what everyone's individual risk tolerance and time horizons are. <clears throat> now, if we sure. take a step back and look at things in a general sense, those stocks you've named have had huge runs, uh, and uh, and they've been um, uh some would argue that you know they've been crowded, if you will, in terms of everybody you know funneling into those names, and that can create you know a little bit of uh, you know of a dislocating factor in the event you get some exogenous factor that really disrupts the market or those individual names, and you see a mass exodus. You know, at the same time, you could you know all of a sudden see a you know material setback in those stocks. So. Probably after a run like those, you know, maybe the more prudent thing is is to 
um, you know, trim some of those positions, reallocate that money into some other areas that might not have done as well uh, if you have a long-term mindset. But, you know, with the latter having been said, if you do have a long-term mindset, uh, you know, a lot of people probably have gotten into those names at a much lower cost basis so they can afford to write out some of the near-term volatility that might lead to some setbacks in those those leading names, uh, which are clearly companies that are here for the long haul and uh, you know are major powers in their respective niches. So this has been a big year in 2017 where Donald Trump and President Donald Trump got his tax reform uh, pushed through. 2018 is setting up for midterm elections, and as an investor, I get nervous. I always try to find things that could go wrong. I always try to find things that could upset the market. Um, I'm not looking for the positives because the positives are obvious. We have got capitalism. We've got low unemployment. We've got a pretty decent job market, pretty healthy auto market, pretty healthy uh, uh, housing market, although crazy out of price. Um, midterm elections, does that have you worried at all? Um, and what, what are some of the other outside factors that might have you thinking well, you know, I think when it comes to the matter of politics, right, if we had, uh, you know, gotten caught up in, in all the political noise in 2017, uh, certainly would have missed quite a ride in the equity market. Sure. And, you know, Fair. politics is, is always going to, uh, you know, create some noise in the echo chamber, if you will. And the midterm elections will be interesting, obviously, because uh, it's seems to be a lot of uh, uncertainty right now as to whether Republicans can hold both, can uh, you know, control of both houses of Congress. And uh, and I think the market, you know, will have that in the back of its mind. It probably will cross that bridge when it gets to it. But in matters like that, that you just don't really know what the outcome is until you get the outcome, you have to reorient yourself into those factors that really are important for for stock market returns. And again, I, you know, I'm just going to draw it right back to you know those fundamental factors that are the most important considerations for any equity investor. It's earnings, interest rates, uh, those two factors in particular, and of course, what happens with inflation will will drive trends in interest rates. But um, but that's what really people should focus on. And and what happens with the election will then uh, ultimately dictate buying and selling decisions on the other side of it, but wouldn't get too caught up in it ahead of those elections because you just don't know what the outcome is. That's fair enough. Um, I see in your page one report today that you talked a little bit about some of the corporate news out there, United Continental and American Airlines. Both are going higher on their fourth quarter guidance. Um, do you look at transports like airlines and like trains and like trucking companies as a leading indicator, or do you think that's kind of the, an old economic indicator that you don't use as much these days? No, I, I do continue to look at them as a leading indicator uh, when you consider, uh, you know, the, the, the footprint they have in, in, in the economy in terms of transporting people and goods uh, by rail, by air, by, by sea. Um, they are really important indicators. And in the case of like United and American, when they're, you know, raising their guidance for the fourth quarter, um, you know, that's encouraging encouraging factor, and there's some uh, added import there when you consider that uh, with tax form having been passed and the lower corporate tax rate that you might have also a pickup in business travel here in, in 2018 that could be a good thing for those airlines, assuming, you know, oil prices don't uh, keep climbing, you know, unabated here like they have of late. So, um, but all in all, I think, 
overall earnings guidance to this point has been relatively reassuring. And that's going to be an important consideration here as the fourth quarter earnings reporting period starts to unfold uh, in the next coming weeks here, because a lot of investors, market participants, could be keeping an eye on whether the guidance coming out of that period is going to ultimately validate the, uh, the stretch valuations at which many of these stocks are trading. So I'm going to throw you a softball and say, is there anything that you're working on for 2018 in your various roles at briefing.com, Patrick O'Hare, whether it be your page one or your big picture? Is there anything that you're working on that you want to share with us at this point in time? What can we expect coming out of your uh, your pen, so to speak, in the next couple of weeks? Right. Well, um, you know, certainly in the next week here or this week, you know, I'll be doing an earnings preview for that fourth quarter reporting period, uh, as I do uh, ahead of every reporting period. Uh, but you'll probably see a lot of attention to uh, interest rate dynamics uh, across the commentary that I'll be providing and, and really those those factors that are going to ultimately be drivers of interest rates, uh, you know, certainly here in the United States and perhaps abroad. So, uh, so that'll be a focal point for me uh, over the next coming weeks. And uh, as it relates to the remainder of this week, keeping a close eye on the CPI data that comes out on Friday, uh, as that will contribute to the narrative surrounding uh, budding inflation concerns and what that might do for the Treasury market and uh, Fed policy. Thanks for your help. Thanks for coming in on a special Wednesday event for us. Start of the new year. Our schedules are in a muck, but you uh, delivered as you always do. It's Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com. You can find Briefing.com at debdebdeb.briefing.com. Patrick J. O'Hare works with Briefing.com. He starts my day every day with his page one column. A fair and insightful look into what's working on Wall Street internationally, domestically. Uh, good, strong content out of briefing.com. You can find them at briefing.com. Don't forget, I have an event coming up. I'd love to see you at. Um, it's an incoming retirement event. You can sign up at Rob Black Show. Rob Black Show. Use the code RADIO25. It's this Thursday, tomorrow, in Palo Alto at the Elks Lodge. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Welcome back in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Thanks for listening to the show. Mortgage application shot up 8.3% to start the year. There's new landscape in tax laws, and I'm going to be interested to see how real estate plays out this year. Does it shoot up in desperation? Does it shoot up in tax planning? Refinance applications led the charge, rising 11% from the previous week. Pent-up demand from the holidays likely fueled the solid jump during Thanksgiving and Christmas and Hanukkah and Kwanzaa. We tend to slow down and say, you know what? I don't need to see an open house. So seeing an 11% rise in refinancing may be in the field because we're hanging out with family members. Homeowners may be taking advantage of lower rates now, concerned that rates are going to move higher this year, as they have on the 10-year Treasury. And on a lot of levels, that plays out in the mortgage market. The amount that a bank can borrow and at what cost from the Federal Reserve and from the banking system, as those rates go higher, they're going to charge you more to give you that 30-year fixed-rate mortgage or the 15-year adjustable-rate mortgage or the five-year arm, average contract interest rate for a 30-year fixed right now, which is a conforming loan of $453,000 or less, is basically unchanged, sitting at about 4.23%. So that's out there. 
Warren Buffet, also known as Warren Buffett, what I like to call him the Buffet of Knowledge. Um, he basically said that the recent craze over Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies will not end well when it happens or how or anything else. I don't know. He's like, I don't have a crystal ball, but I can tell you it's going to go badly. He is the grandpapa. He is the granddaddy. He's the grand, I'd say wizard, but that starts to get into weird territory. He's the the big poobah of investing. And what he says about cryptocurrencies, he says it's going to have a bad ending. When it happens or how or anything else, I don't know. If I could buy a five-year put on every one of the cryptocurrencies, I'd be glad to do it, but I would never short a dime's worth. Also, Buffett's right-hand man, a guy named Charlie Munger, he's got one of those creepy, freaky eyeballs that wanders. He blasted the frothiness in Bitcoin and in venture capital funding of Bitcoin. Interesting. I love Warren Buffett. And uh, in basketball, you try to be like Michael Jordan, i.e. a ball hog that shoots a high percentage. I know, I know. Did I just say he's a ball hog that shoots a high percentage? Yes. So I got that going for me. I'm like one of the only people who hates Michael Jordan. Target. Target got upgraded to positive. Um, from neutral at Susquehanna, a big research firm. And retail's not quite dead yet. Not quite dead yet for select retail, although I still think it's going to be another challenging year for retailers. But it seems like a lot of the big um, closures have happened. Target's got an overall strategy where they're going to compete with Amazon, uh, come push pull or shove or what have you, they're going to do it. Um, the question is, will you do Target? Target's prepared for it. They, they will do the same day delivery, the next day delivery. They'll do the price matching. But do you feel like when you go to Target that you have the same selection that you have at Amazon or is Amazon just like miles ahead of them as far as inventory goes? All very good questions. Coca-Cola is making a big change to Diet Coke. And I don't like it. There's now Diet Coke Ginger Lime, Diet Coke Twisted Mango, Diet Coke uh, Zesty Blood Orange, Diet Coke Feisty Cherry. It's changing its Diet Coke design and rolling out new marketing. Diet Coke has struggled in the last couple of years with sales dropping 1.9%. There's been all sorts of like media reports that Diet Coke will actually make you fatter than Coke. Um, Diet Coke will cure your hemorrhoids. No, there's no Diet Coke curing hemorrhoids story out there, but their sales volume is declining by, you know, mid-single digits. America doesn't want Diet Coke anymore, and those that are have it basically um, are saying, I'm not health conscious, I'm drinking Diet Coke. Whereas in the past, you're like, I'm health conscious, I'm drinking Diet Coke. So shoppers remain very suspicious of Diet Coke's use of artificial ingredients. Um, And I think rightfully so. Carbonated soft drinks have been a big question mark in the last three to five years. Um, Coca-Cola is trying to replicate the success of Coke Zero. Uh, Coke Zero sugar is another thing that they're going to throw out there. So all about branding and marketing. Do you feel like you get branded and marketed too? Um, I certainly do. So 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. 
big event coming up, Retirement Income Strategies and Estate Planning Seminar, tomorrow, Thursday, 630 to 830 Palo Alto Elks Lodge. Um, what accounts to draw from, good products, bad products, retirement, social security strategies, managing your IRAs, your 401ks. Best thing America can do right now is up 401k matches by corporate America like Visa did. We'll be talking about this and more tomorrow night, 630 to 830 Palo Alto Elks Lodge. Stocks to own for 2018. You can sign up for the event at Rob Black Show. Rob Black Show, use the code RADIO25. That's RADIO25 at Rob Black Show for tomorrow night, Palo Alto Elks Lodge, 630-830. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.